Luke chapter 15. Uh, please hear this public reading of God's word, starting in verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. So this is just a fairly short parable, just a few verses. But this little parable packs a serious punch, at least it does for me personally, it packs a powerful punch. I uh, was converted around 23 years of age, give or take, somewhere in there, and I'll go into a little bit more of that a little later, but uh, after my conversion, sometime after my conversion, was reading the Bible, I don't know if it was Matthew 18, Jesus tells the very similar parable, Matthew 18, or it was this passage, Luke 15, and I read it, and immediately I was like, this is a picture of my conversion. I mean, just a beautiful picture of my conversion. I'll explain more of that in just a second. A quick quick bit of background about this passage. R.C. Sproul in his commentary tells this story. He said his father had four strokes over about a four-year period. After the fourth stroke, he ended up dying. And Sproul was, I think, 13 when when his father had the first stroke, and at 16, his father had the third stroke. And he said after the third stroke, his father was paralyzed in his legs. I think he had some movement in his arms. And Sproul said every day he would rehearse this same scene with his dad. It would be time for dinner. His dad would be in the living room. Sproul would go into the living room. He said he would lean his back against Sproul's father. His father would reach his arms around Sproul. Sproul would lift him up and slowly carry his dad into the kitchen and put him down at at one of the table, one of the chairs in the kitchen. And then at nighttime, Sproul would do the same thing. He would go get his dad. He'd lift him up. He'd carry him to the bedroom to put him in his bed. He said something happens between father and son. He said they, they wouldn't say a word, but there was some special thing that happens there in that moment. But he said the point of that story is this. He said his father was helpless, utterly helpless to make his way around the house, utterly helpless. And so Sproul was saying when we come to this parable of the lost sheep, we should remember that this lost sheep in this parable is utterly helpless to save itself. Another pastor said, this sheep doesn't even know that it's lost. So the sheep is lost, doesn't know it's lost, and is utterly unable to save itself, totally helpless to save itself. So we should remember that when we come to this passage. So a little bit more about my conversion before we jump into this. I've told this before, brief version of it. Grew up in a wonderful Christian home, got to hear the gospel faithfully taught to me since I was a boy, heard faithful expositions of the Word of God week after week after week after week. I mean, hundreds of expositions from my dad, faithful expositions, rich in doctrine, rich in theology, rich in application, hundreds of them. The problem was I had a hard heart. So Mark talked about this a a few Sundays ago, I think. It's like a frozen lake, and you have all these stones, gospel stones, doctrine, theology, all these stones falling on this frozen lake. I had a hard heart, and so I didn't care about spiritual things. I was blind to the beauty of Jesus. I was bored by the Bible, didn't want to talk about the things of God. rather talk about anything else than talk about the Bible or talk about Jesus. Now, if you had stopped me on the street and said, are you a Christian? I would have said yes. I would have said it without hesitation. I was a Christian. Now, I was a nominal Christian. I was a Christian in name only. 
There was no genuine saving faith inside of me. So as St. Augustine has said, had I died in that period, I surely would have gone where my sins deserved. No doubt about it. Would have gone to hell during that condition. And in my teen years and sort of beyond, I drifted into sin and all kinds of sin. So in that sense, I see myself as this sheep who wandered from the fold of God. That's what I was doing all the way up until about 23 years of age. Now, look at this parable. Verse 4, Jesus speaking, says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. So this shepherd's got a hundred sheep. One goes missing, and he cares about that one sheep. He doesn't say, oh, I don't care about that lost sheep. I've got 99. I'm totally content with this 99. Don't care about the one. No, he leaves the 99. He goes after the one that is lost. And verse 5, I love verse 5. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. I mean, this is beautiful here. And when we see this shepherd, we should be reminded of the good shepherd. This is a picture of the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus. Jesus in Luke 19, talking to Zacchaeus, said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Sproul said, Jesus goes out of his way to find the ones who are lost. And don't miss the tenderness in verse 5 of this shepherd. Again, I'm borrowed from Sproul here, but Sproul said, this shepherd does not go with a collar and a chain in his hand. And when he finds the sheep, he doesn't slap that collar on. He doesn't yank him by the chain and says, get back to the fold. No, he goes and he rejoices. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And for me, it was around 23 years of age. Jesus came looking for me, and he picked me up, and he rejoiced to bring me back to the fold. As the song says, Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. So the first question as we come to confession, a question I'm sure I have asked before, but have we lost the wonder of our conversion? Or are we still filled with wonder and awe and amazement when we think of the good shepherd seeking us out and saving us? I hope we never get over the wonder of God's grace let me just end this parable. Verse 6, And when his, he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Again, this man's joy is so intense that he calls all his friends, all his neighbors together to celebrate. And then verse 7 says this, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance Again, so this is pointing to the greater truth that nothing causes more joy in heaven than repentance of one sinner. So second question would be, when we hear that someone has genuinely come to saving faith, do we rejoice? Do we really rejoice when we hear that? I hope we're praying and longing to see people come to saving faith. And I hope when we hear that someone's been converted, I hope we rejoice. So have we gotten over the wonder of God's grace in saving us? And do we rejoice when we see people come to saving faith. I'll give you a few moments, and I'll close this. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for just a beautiful day to be able to come here and to gather and to worship with your people. Uh, it is a gift. 
Uh, thank you that those can watch still online. What a gift that is as well. And Father, thank you for this short little parable in Luke's gospel. And it's also told a similar way in Matthew 18. Father, I am so thankful for this parable. It's such a rich parable. But Father, as we think about your grace and sending your son and your grace in saving us, and we think of the tenderness of Jesus, I pray that we would never, ever lose the wonder and the awe of what you've done for us in Christ. I pray that we'd never grow dull to your grace, Father. Forgive us when we have grown dull to it. But Father, I pray that you would stir us again as we just, even just now, thinking about your grace in, in sending your son and in this beautiful picture of the good shepherd uh, in the tenderness of Jesus in lifting us up and rejoicing over us and bringing us to the fold. And Father, I pray that when we hear that someone has come to genuine saving faith, I pray that we would rejoice. I pray that there would be deep joy when we hear that news. And I pray that we would be faithful to pray for the spread of the gospel and we'd be faithful to pray for others to come to saving faith. And I pray that we would respond with joy when they do come to saving faith. Father, even now as we sing, I pray that our singing would honor you and pray that as Mark preaches that we'd be attentive, you'd, you'd guard us from things that would distract us and help us to focus in as he preaches from your word and help us to apply your word to our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.